Hey, listeners, viewers, and everything in between. Uh, welcome to Not About Us once again. Uh, today, going to be doing, um, I generally do a Genesis Bible study, but today I felt led to do something off the beaten path. We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer today. Something been on my heart lately to share. Uh, so, uh, as always, I'm Scott. And I'm Brad. And this is not about us. All right. So, generally, this is going to be both Brad and I talking about it. Uh, just kind of what's on our heart to share about this particular piece, and, and we'll get into why... Uh, I wanted to do this in a little bit too, but before we start, uh, Brad, uh, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, so let's pray to the Lord right now. If you could uh, do that for us and everybody, everyone, um, like I said, viewing or listening. <sighs> Our Father, <laughs> Yahweh, Yeshua Spirit, this is... Uh... This is a good topic and a good conversation to have, but uh, we can't do it, not without yeah. inviting you in, not without giving you the center place, not without giving you a chance Absolutely. to speak. So, yes, let the things we say, uh, if it's right, then help us and, and encourage us in that. If, if it's not right, then yeah. help us turn away from it. Help us see the truth in what Yeshua was trying to say when he was teaching people to pray this prayer. Lord, we give you honor, we give you glory, we give you respect, even though the little bit that we can. We love you, we adore you, we want to do this for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, thank you for that. And um, like I said, I just felt this has been on my heart lately. Uh, so I just felt this was the right time to do it. And as always, this is Brad and I are going to be talking about this, but this is going to be our feelings, our thoughts on the subject. It is not going to be comprehensive. We are not trying to say only what is shared here today is absolutely what the Lord's Prayer means and nothing else. And if you have a differing view, then you're wrong. We're not trying to go there, not trying to say that at all. This is just what about it touches us and, 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 and what stands out to us that we feel might help you or, or we feel might enlighten you in some way to, as to an element that you might not have seen before or, or whatever. Uh, we just felt important uh, to discuss this at this point in time. So real quick, let me just... Review and and as you know, who watch this podcast, uh, I work from the Hebraic Roots version. So I'm going to give you the Hebraic Roots version of the Lord's Prayer right now, Matthew six nine through thirteen, and this is Jesus speaking, and he says, "And you, this way will you pray. Our Father which is in heaven, your name be set apart." Your kingdom come, your will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. 
Give us today our continual bread and forgive us our debts like we release our debtors. And let us not come into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the might and the honor forever and ever and ever. Amen. I'm sorry, it's a minor thing, but I guess that ends forever and forever and ever. Amen. Not a big difference there, but... Okay, so I'm going to break this down line by line, piece by piece. And and um, this is one where, you know, as, as you guys know, when I do my Genesis study, you know, Brad hasn't heard it before. He's getting the initial reaction. When he does his Revelation study, I haven't heard it before. But this is one... I sent to him ahead of time, said, hey, I'm going to be doing this. I want you to give your thoughts too. So this is both of us just kind of discussing this. But Brad, so I'm going to I'm going to start with you on this one. We'll go line by line. I'll kind of rotate back and forth. You give me your thoughts first, if you're cool with that, on just the line. Now, I'm going to jump in. Um, for, for a lot of it, the King James Version and the Hebraic Roots Version really lined up well. But when they differed a little, I'm going to read both. So the Hebraic Roots Version, Jesus says, And you, this way will you pray. But the King James Version says, After this manner, therefore pray ye. Just give me your thoughts on those instructions of Jesus right there. Well, for one, it's coming from the greatest authority that you can find. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so it's probably a good idea to listen. <laughs> probably a good idea to listen. Um, but I also, when you think about the what was going on in the time period, much like today, uh, there were religious leaders that had a fancy way of praying. Yeah. And so I think, uh, you know, his audience for this is more more common. It's shepherds and, and, and those kind of people. But they would have a pretty good idea of the Torah because they would you know, have it heard in the synagogues. Yeah. So I think in a way he's, like the Bible does a lot, he's addressing his audience in the moment, but he's also addressing us for all coming generations. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you are well-scholared or if you're a common person, you know, this is a, this is a easy way for him to express the proper way to pray, making sure you're doing it in, in, in the proper way where it's not self-centered it's not flashy it's not it's not like the religious leaders who so you're saying this is for everyone not just for a select few right not just not just for the common folk not just for the the rich class or the 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 i uh, the pharisees the the religious leaders this right. is this is for everyone when you pray he's saying this is, is this is for all of you is and, what kind of what you're saying and what we're about to see is he's gonna you know each line he's gonna kind of teach us the proper way to do it where we're not uh i mean we'll get into this but we're not focusing only on self yeah we're giving glory uh we're we're inviting the we're inviting the spirit incorrectly we are making okay. sure to take care of our neighbors before ourselves and and, and so forth okay um and then just real quick <laughs> Guys, I'm going to be looking at my phone because that's where my notes are. Uh, so I don't want you to think I'm just bored. And <laughs> But no, that's that's where my notes are right now. Um, Before you uh, hang on to your notes there, but I just wanted to reemphasize what you just said there uh, at the beginning is 
Uh, Jesus has just said in a few verses before this, don't be like the hypocrites who shout out elaborate prayers for all to hear. And just basically they're making everyone look at them when they pray. And right. look how wonderful I am. He's like, hey, you know, God's not listening to them when they do that. This, this is, you want to get God's attention? Here you go. Yeah. So, so um, I was just reinforcing what you said. Uh, go ahead. Nope, nope. That's, that was pretty much my thoughts on there. I just will mention, I do have, um, um, you can do your parts first, but I also have notes on pretty much every section too. So okay. I'll, I'll want to make sure to get those in, but. Well, you can do that now too. That's a, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my section on that part. So oh, okay. if you want to go line by line. That's okay. So my, oh, that's what I, I, I see what you're saying. So yeah, my part on this is one of the things I wanted to note is I felt that Jesus was saying that this is not a ritualistic prayer. Right. What he was saying, what he was not saying was, okay, everyone repeat after me, word for word, it must be said like this every time. Not that the people who do that are evil and wrong, but um, it, it's, it, it needs to come from the heart. Mm -hmm. Just stating it and moving on is essentially a, a form of witchcraft. It's God was not saying, Jesus, Yeshua was not saying, repeat after me, uh, repeat these words, and it will be an incantation that will make your life just fall in the line and everything will be okay. You'll have a hedge of protection and what have you. It's, it's after this manner, pray. In this way, pray. He was, he was giving us a template. He was letting us understand the important parts of prayer. Um, there are steps and there's an order to it that were important that we need to grasp. But repeating the words solemnly yet mindlessly is not what he was seeking from us. And like I said, that's just witchcraft. That's just uh, uh, when people do it, it's like, okay, I've repeated this incantation. Now I expect to be blessed. That's what they're doing. They're trying to invoke a power over their lives uh, just with, with this verbal spell, right. essentially. And that's not what Yeshua was saying at all. In fact, if that was the case, uh, we're doing it wrong because we're not doing it in the original words. We're not doing it in the original Hebrew, which he said. We're doing it according to a translation, and every translation is different. Yeah. So what do you follow? The King James, the New King James, the the HRV, the NIV, the the whatever, you know, because uh, they all they all stated a little bit differently. So if that were the case, which one do you follow in order to make the spell work correctly? Um, well, it's irrelevant because it doesn't work that way. So as we go on, we're going to see this is a guide and he's giving us, he's teaching us uh, uh, piece by piece what's important to bring to God. And so I'll go on with the next piece. And the next piece is just our Father. Our Father. That is so, so cool and so important that Yeshua told us to begin every prayer with a personal, intimate uh, uh, statement. Our Father. I mean, this is 
This is coming to him as a loved one, as a family member. This is acknowledging that you're family. Uh, now, now he's it's acknowledge him as father. He is the head of the house. So this is still holding him in a reverential place, but it's daddy, which is a part of father. It's, I mean, how many times, now everyone's different, uh, uh, but but how many times, I, I remember growing up and you hear the car, you hear the garage door, and you, daddy's home, <laughs> and you go running to the door ex with excitement. Uh, yes, father is the head of the household, and what the father says goes, you know, when you're five, when you're 10, when whatever, but there's also that joy, there's that play, there's that protection, there's there there's all of that intimate, personal, uh, that, that relationship with Father. And this is how he taught us to start this prayer. It recognizes, Father recognizes his superior place as head of the household, but at the same time it cherishes the loving relationship that is a part of this. Now, one of the things that, that made me hurt about this is the recognition that those without a father or those with an abusive father or those in a, relation, in a familial relationship where the father is not who he's supposed to be, this, if you grew up this way or are growing up this way, you're going to find this aspect of who God is very difficult to understand. And, and I hurt for those of you who are in that situation. And with that, um, I know, Brad, you were in that situation. Yeah. And so um, I'm, I'm going to pat, this is a good time to pass <laughs> over your part. And, and not that you're limited to that, but uh, I give us what's on your heart. But but if you, if you don't mind, I'd like you to talk about kind of that piece too. Well, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I, uh, I you know, I grew up not having a father in my life. And uh, it just dawned on me one day that uh, I did have a father. You know, I had a father in heaven. And I don't know how many times I've said this prayer, and I don't know how many times I've referred to God as father before but one day it finally just clicked father wait I do have a father and and the cool thing about that I mean yes it, it you know growing up without a father and without really having many male role models um, I found a lot of my my male role models from uh, TV <laughs> you know yeah yeah that's uh, I, I we have a show uh, we had a show when I was younger called Full House, and it had it had Uncle Jesse, and he was like a father figure to me. Like I thought he was pretty cool. Um, and even in Star Trek, like Captain Picard, um, very honorable man. You know, I thought of him as like a father figure, and and kind of all the males in that crew were kind of like father figures in different ways. You had Worf that was the the tough dad. I can yeah. beat up your dad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. There was a lot of. A, a lot of <laughs> that needs to be on a t-shirt just wharf <laughs> i can beat up your dad uh, you know you had uh data who was like the wise one but uh you know you didn't necessarily go to him for joking matters you know you right went, you went to Riker or you went to you know so uh, that was kind of how i grew up without a father but still kind of learned some stuff but i'll tell you what there is nothing more exciting 
than when, the, when it clicks. I have a father, and he is the most amazing father. He is the most powerful father. There is no father greater than this father that I have. And that day, I was just beyond, um, I was just beyond excited to, to realize that. And, and it no longer mattered. Like, I even in that moment was able to forgive my uh, biological father because it didn't matter anymore. It, right. You know, I had a father that was beyond anything that I could have had here anyway. You know, so that that realization helped me um, kind of move past because there have been times in my life where I was either indifferent to my biological father or I was uh, mad at him, you know, or or just just confused, like, what was wrong with me? What? Why wouldn't you mm-hmm. want me in your life? And so that created a whole mix of emotions that I had about him. And when I, when I realized that that really didn't matter so much, I was able to forgive him, um, you know. And mm-hmm. even that's pretty cool, as we'll find out later uh, in this very prayer that we're talking about. Uh, forgiveness is pretty important. Um, yeah, now you have more notes, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, go on, go ahead. I, I don't want to interrupt you. But... I mean, that was that was my from the heart. Now here's my. <laughs> well, actually, let me interrupt you one because I want to stay on that topic for just a second because yeah. this is something I have heard from other people giving their testimony. I want to see if it it was similar to you. There are some people uh, that I've I've spoken with and and read their stories when they say they had an abusive parent, mm-hmm. uh, a father that beat them, ignored them, got drunk, hurt them. Uh, and then they would hear our Father God, and they would think, well, if that's God, I either don't want him, or they would think, oh, so God is a tormentor. God is an abusive jerk who just wants to hurt me right. and control me, and, you know, he's, you know, whatever. Did you ever, before you came to that realization, that joyful realization, I have a real Father who loves me. Did you ever see God in that way as, oh, okay, if God's a father, he's a runaway father. He's a, uh, he's in any way, did you see him, did you have a hard time seeing God as as joyful or, or, or personal or intimate? At, so my, my relationship with God up until about my mid-20s was, uh, was up and down. Mm-hmm. I never did not believe in God, but there were times where I was so angry at him that, you know, why would you put me in this situation? Why? Um, and I had, I, I had a, not an abusive mother, but I had a, I had kind of a neglectful mother because she had some of her own issues that she was dealing with. And I've talked about them on other podcasts. I don't want to discredit her by continuing to bring her down because what we got to realize is that she turned into an amazing person and all of right. that is gone. Like, <laughs> you know, any, any of that is gone, but, um, but as, in your relationship, understanding who God is yes. at this time in your life. So I didn't really have a father abusing me. I had a neglectful mother. And so I don't think I ever put two and two together that, having a father would be abusive or different or anything like that. But did you see maybe God as absent? Yes. Um, I very much saw him as a, I I saw him as not being fair. Okay. Would be like the best way to describe it. Why does this kid 
have mom and dad and everything looks happy and they live in a good home and 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 you know he never has is not worried about food um i would see that kind of stuff and my jealousy would get the better of me and then i would of course blame god mm-hmm. and i always thought it's the it's we've talked about this before too it's the 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 santa claus uh problem you know if santa claus brings toys to good to good children but the parents of those good children can't afford toys to put under the tree for them they then wonder what did they do wrong right you know i i saw these other kids and and in my eyes you know of course of course the grass is always greener yeah but in my eyes i saw them achieving stuff i saw them having a loving uh relationship with their with their family and and i just wondered what was wrong with me <laughs> you know yeah um same kind of thing that i wondered about my actual biological dad what was wrong with me that you didn't want you know uh you didn't want me you didn't want a relationship with me um si- similar kind of a thing with god um but then as i got into my later teens i finally started getting some of those father figures uh we've talked about greg gall before we've talked you know, um, more recently, we've talked about my, my father-in-law. We've talked about uh, our relationship and how that started. I got these other role models in my life that weren't just from the TV. <laughs> and uh, okay. and that helped me, I, I, I think, see that, that, you know, yes, my situation was bad, but it wasn't because people didn't care about me, it, you know. Right. And that would help, that helped me go down this road of, well, maybe God does care about me. Okay. And that eventually got me to, but yeah, no, it, it took a while. I, I was in my mid twenties somewhere where I finally, finally, you know, hit the knees and said, Jesus, I accept you. You know, it, it was, it yeah. was, uh, <laughs> it okay. was very much an up and down road. Okay. Well, thank, thank you. I, I wanted to, before we left that spot, I, I just wanted to ask that question and go ahead with your thoughts on this. Uh, just our father. Well, so I just I wanted to also make sure that I was explaining this properly that this is it is a wonderful gift that we are so important to God that we can be considered his children. Yeah. And that we can come to him oh, in yes. a loving, intimate relationship. Because ultimately we all know this. We we don't deserve it. <laughs> you know, we're insignificant yeah. compared to the awesome power of the universe. I mean we're you know who are we that we should be considered when all we all we've done is the wrong thing <laughs> you know yeah. we can't save ourselves he he even had to get involved in that process you know but he did it and not only that he did it but he said call me father yeah and that i i don't know i just i don't know if i have much more that i just don't want to lose that importance i think i think that's pretty significant that we we are, we're lucky <laughs> we're blessed yeah, that we get to call him our father. Huh. You know, I've mentioned it before in other podcasts too. What if just pretend that in, for that any of the other gods that we know of, from um, you know Greek, Roman, Mesopotamia, any any of these other gods were actually real? Well, every single one of them is self-centered or cruel or indifferent or you know they 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 wouldn't let us call them father they would probably consider that an insult <laughs> you know uh-huh. but we have the god 
that is actually the true God and he's a loving God and he wants us to be intimate with him. I just, yeah, I never want to lose track of that. And not just he wants us to be, be intimate with him. It's the very first most important thing. It's what you start with. Right. In this. Be intimate. Um, okay, so next. Thank you so much for that. Um, now, the next part. After our Father, which is in heaven. Right. Uh, go ahead, continue your thoughts along those lines, and then I'll, I'll go with mine second. Well, okay, so I had your notes to go with first. Right. And so I read what you put, and then that actually made me start thinking of it in a different way. So should I say mine first? Would that help you? Maybe go ahead and say yours first. Yeah. Okay, all right. So what I thought, we should start our Father which is in heaven. So we start with this intimate, personal, loving relationship. But he adds, which is in heaven. So to me, it's that we still need to recognize him as almighty God, creator, ruler of the universe. He is our intimate, personal father, but he's still king. So even though we begin with that intimacy, and it is important that we begin there, we still acknowledge him as God on high. His throne is far above any earthly domain. He reigns supreme regardless uh, of whether we want him to or not. He is. And so we're acknowledging him. Our Father, which is in heaven. And this is a thought that I had, uh, that, that this made me, I, I've had this thought before, but it brought it back up here. We are told to boldly go before his throne of grace. Uh, we may, we, we're told we may boldly come before his throne. But the proper thing to do when you're in front of him at his throne is to kneel and to give him his due as Lord of all. And I thought of it that way. This is coming from a discussion I had with another, another friend years ago. And, and it was that, you know, how do you act? You know, are, are we just to march right in and, and like demand our way? Are we to submit ourselves? Are we to prostrate? I mean, what's, you know, because it seemed to be some conflicting, boldly go before his throne of grace, you know, fall at his feet. And, and, it, and the realization was it's both. It's, it's recognizing that you're his son and you have authority. How many... How many of us, we grew up and people would say, where do you live? And we'd say, right over there, that is my house. And, you know, it's not your house. You know, when you're five, when you're 10, you don't own the house. <laughs> right. Your parents own the house or rent or whatever, but they have ownership. They have the right to say, this is mine. You don't. As a child, it's where you live. It's where they allow you to live, basically, and and... You know, you feel free just to walk in the door. You don't knock every time you go in, <laughs> right. you know, to your parents' house. A am I allowed to come in today? No, you just, you know, you're the child. You're the family. Just come right in. It's your place. Just treat it like yours. But it's not our place. Your Our name is not on the lease. You know, when you're, when you're a young child. Um, so I thought of it as... I was thinking medieval times. The king gives you an assignment. You're a knight. And you go out and the king tells you, when you return, you come straight to me. 
when you when you return you come directly to me don't let anything stop you you come straight to me now you return from wherever you were and you're going into the king and what happens all of these rich important people all of these magistrates and rulers and what have you they try to stop you and they try to assert their authority and they say you can't go before the king he's too busy or they try to say he won't see someone the low you know with someone of your low quality or something like that the king has said you knock those people away you have the right to boldly go before my throne you have the right to say get out of my way and shove them aside if they try to stand between you and your king however once you boldly go before the throne and are now standing in front of him you give him the proper respect he is due as king and you kneel once you've boldly gone before now you prostrate yourself now you humble yourself and you acknowledge him as king and that's the way i see this our father which is in heaven mm -hmm. daddy you know i acknowledge now now you're also my king and i know that's just the way i see it what what do you say so being a uh being a, a father um and of young children you know i kind of looked at it from the perspective of what that must look like from god then you know so you yeah and i'm not saying that this is from God. This is just my thoughts as of being a, a, a father and and some truth that I know about God. But uh, we have to look up to him. So once again, we're looking up to him like a child has to look up to our father. You know, a child, just because they're young and small, they have to, by nature, look up to us. Yeah. Uh, when God is in heaven, we have to look up to him. Um, you know, so, but then... <laughs> yeah but then he he is above us and so when we come to him as children and look up to him from his position looking down on us like a father looking down on his child we get the benefit of a god that is our caretaker uh he's the one who teaches us he's the one that guides us uh, -huh. uh he from his position he sees things that we can't see you know, a child can't see over certain obstacles and barriers, but dad can. He's taller. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so God uh, can see the dangers that we face. And like a good father, he's giving us the tools that we need to confront those dangers. Um, and then, you know, I just uh, I just think this is pretty cool that when we give we give him respect by kneeling at his feet. But what we get in return is a loving, good father. Yeah. You know, so just I like that idea of we, we look up, but he's looking down. And, of course, we know that he is the father as well. But one of the commandments is that we are to give respect to our, you know, our mother and our father. Mm -hmm. And so well, we kneel and that's us giving the respect. But then the, the reward is a loving father. Yeah. You know. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, when we kneel, uh, he doesn't use that to beat us down. <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's we kneel so he can raise us up. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we yeah 
because he is love. We are submitting to, he's not just our father, he's our king, he's our leader, he's our, our general, he's our master. All of these things are true, but he's still like, uh, well, here, uh, even as Yeshua said, very first, he's your father. Mm -hmm. And he loves you with that that wonderful love that wants to see a son succeed. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right. Kneel before him, but he's going to respond with love. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, I love that. Um, so the next part. Now, the Hebraic Roots version says, Your name be set apart. The King James says, Hallowed be thy name. Uh, now, I sent you uh, my notes on this earlier. Uh, I've just added a few more. So, uh, do you want to start this one, or is it, again, is it required? Should I say mine first for yours to... Nope. Okay, you, um, you start this one. I can then. start this one. So, here's what I was thinking. Um, first of all, um, I don't remember how long ago it was now, but a... a, um, a trans not a, It wouldn't be a translation. A copy of Matthew written in Hebrew was found. And yeah. there's been some research. I added to that too. Did I, you? Yeah, so keep going. Okay, so uh, hopefully we didn't put the same thing here. No, it <laughs> might be cool if we did. Um, but this line here, um, according to a lot of Hebrew scholars right now, uh, also says, may your name be sanctified. Um, so your name be set apart, hallowed be their na your name, or may your name be sanctified. And I'll say real quick, I added this after I sent you my notes. And I looked up one version that said, because the Hebrew translation has been found, it said, let your name be sanctified, for it is kadosh. Yes. And the Hebrew kadosh is uh, Strong's Concordance 6942, and it means to be clean. Did you, Am I digging into what you're about to talk about? No, but I, I knew that, but only because I... I researched it myself. Oh, okay. Um, but, <laughs> um, but here, so here's here's here was my thoughts on this. Um, I, I think of this: May your name be sanctified. Hallowed be thy name. Your name be set apart. You know, I I kind of see these two as like a call to action. So this is something that I think we should take away even after the prayer has been said. You were just kneeling before the throne of God. And that is not something to take lightly. You were witness to awesome and powerful things from God. You know, when you are in alignment with what God wants from your life, and when you actually see prayers answered, even if they're small things, God's power was on display. And I think that's, and I think that's worthy of mention. So, when God is answering those prayers, when God is uh, giving us those dreams, when God is doing anything that can then be, that you can give back to him by telling other people, you can glorify him in, in, yeah. in those moments. Um, and I think that, you know, we see that one of the, the, the <laughs> one of the commandments is you not take the God, God's name in vain. So here in the prayer, we're a, first thing we're doing is we're obeying a commandment by you know saying no let this name be sanctified let this name be clean um but we're also getting to take it a little bit further because we can show we we're showing god uh 
God's love with how we show respect to his name. So we show him love by respecting him, going a step further. We're not taking his name in vain. We're actually showing it respect. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taking it a step further. So I think the call to action that I see here is to show that respect uh, that is deserved to this to this glorious God okay. who answers yeah. our prayers. You know, and when that prayer is answered, share it um, and give the glory to him and celebrate that name, you know? Yeah. Okay. No, I like that because that does kind of lead into what I was saying too is we start off Father who art in heaven. It's that intimacy uh, and and the recognition that he is God. Now it's praise and worship. Mm -hmm. Now it's... Uh, it's it's the kneeling before the th- we 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 come before him boldly we kneel before the throne and now we add a statement of his superiority we proclaim allegiance yes uh, so let your name be sanctified it's it's stating that we are falling in line with that 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 he's ruler right and this is praise and worship this is uh, telling him how awesome he is. And submitting ourselves to it. I mean, that's what worship is. It's it's kneeling. It's bowing. Uh, but it's also just telling him, you're awesome. I mean, really, when it comes down to it. Uh, so Yeshua tells us to begin every prayer praising him and bowing down before him. The Bible says that uh, God inhabits his praises. So what we're doing is we're beginning every prayer with this lining up our heart with his, letting him inhabit this place, and then uh, the rest of our prayers hopefully will line up according to his will. And and we're actually inviting him to be with us, present during this time. So make sure that happens first. Right. You know, invite him in. Just just like, you know, we, we, we want him to be a part of this podcast. We want him to have his way, uh, not our will be done, but his. So the very first thing we want to do is invite him in to have his way. Yes. Now, I will go on briefly. Uh, that word kadosh uh, mentioned to be clean. Uh, and, and I haven't done this with anything else. This is the only time I'm going to do this here because, as Brad mentioned, we are in the New Testament, so generally we don't have the Hebrew translation. Right. But because Matthew was discovered in Hebrew, I was able to look through a few things, and I pulled this one out. Um, so it is, kadosh is the word hallowed uh, in the King James Version, but it can also mean sanctify. It can mean dedicate. It can mean holy which is set apart, uh, the Hebrew mindset means, when we translate holy in English, the Hebrew basically means it is set apart. It, uh, it is unique and special. That's what holy means. Um, or it means consecrate, among other definitions. Now the Greek, because this is in the New Testament, so they had a Greek one too, it's hagiadzo. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it means to make holy, to purify, to consecrate. So it sounds like it falls in line with the Hebrew interpretation here. It does, yeah. doesn't veer off course. But I did get a word picture from this. And it's kof dalet shin. And I thought of 
a couple things I thought of actually, and I, I thought of these, but I only wrote down one, so I'll remember the second one here. But one of them was the final door or pathway to destruction. And you think, well, how does that relate to hallow? But it, it, it means to make clean. Yeah. Uh, he is making everything perfect. Hallowed be thy name. Uh, your name be sanctified. His name is that final door. I mean, I mean, entering into his presence. Your name be sanctified. I think about it as cleaning house. And everything that is unclean, everything that is dirty, is going to be ultimately destroyed in his presence. That final pathway, stepping into his throne room, means purity. Um, everything that is impure, everything that is unclean, is destroyed. It's annihilated. It's gone. Because this word, kadosh, means to be clean. So I did see that as a wonderful word picture yeah. uh, of that. But another thing I saw was, at last, uh, the pathway to El Shaddai is open. So that's, that's another thing, another possible word picture interpretation. Or at last, we can move into El Shaddai. Yeah. So I just thought I'd throw out there. Another thing I want to say real quick, because I had this thought, Halal is Hebrew, uh, hallelujah. Uh, it's the first part of hallelujah, which it praises to God. Hal halal means to praise. And in fact, hallelujah is uh, the masculine plural imperative form. Uh, so it's the positive command, you must praise. So when we say hallelujah, yah is the poetic short form of Yahweh. So every time you say hallelujah, you're saying Yahweh must be praised. You must praise Yahweh. Yahweh should be praised. So I had the idea, maybe, because Hallel and Hallowed sound similar. Okay. I thought, are they the same? Do they come from the same root word? I ended up finding out they don't. Uh, and the only reason now I'm mentioning that is in case anyone has a similar idea. Hallowed means to be clean. So it's not entirely you know, off track, but, right. but it is a different word. And maybe... It does have a same root somewhere down the line, but no, it wouldn't, because in Hebrew it's 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 Hebrew halal, and then Hebrew kadash. They're not connected. But so I just thought I'd throw that out there in case anyone else was having that thought. They're they're not connected. So hallowed is kadash or kadosh, and it means to be clean. Okay, let's go on. So I'll start the next one. Our Father. Uh, your name be set apart. Uh, our Father, which which is in heaven, your name be set apart. Your kingdom come. And I think this more than anything else is what drew my heart to this whole prayer lately. We've talked about it before. Um, God's been laying on my heart just to pray and care for his kingdom to come. And kingdom is a word that comes from... Uh, the king's domain, kingdom, king's domain. It is where the king lives and rules. So this is exactly what Yahweh is teaching us here, or Yeshua is teaching us here. So 
after you invite God in and submit yourself to him and praise and worship him, now the actual prayer starts as far as making your requests known before him. Now, now we're starting to say, please do this. Uh, and, and the very first actual request that Yeshua tells us to make is not a personal one, not a selfish one. Uh, it's to conquer and to rule. So we are giving him, we're, we're stating we want him to conquer. Now, what he should conquer can depend on, on what you mean. There's, there's a prophetic sense of, of God come quickly. Uh, take this earth, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven as we're coming to, but it's it's this earth. Your kingdom come, establish your reign on earth. Let that be quickly, let it be now, but it can also be a personal, intimate sense. It's God rule this kingdom, this castle, this temple right here. Your kingdom come, let your domain be right here. It should it should be treated as a personal, intimate prayer to let his kingdom have dominion. His his the king's domain needs to be right here. And he uh because otherwise he can't have the rule. If uh if you have um have I said that here? Maybe I'm skipping ahead. I want to want to read real quick. Okay, I'm skipping ahead. I don't want to say something about the next part uh, yet. So so basically, it's let your domain exist right here, right now. So uh, in a personal sense, in a prophetic sense, take the land. Uh, it can be it can be a prayer for my city. Uh, for my region, for my state, for my country, whatever, but it start your actual request with set up your domain in my presence. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, I also found something, or I remembered something, and I had to look up what passage it was. Um, but uh, Yeshua, when confronted by the Pharisees at one point, um, also mentions that the kingdom is here among us. Yeah. And so I think we forget that sometimes. Um, I think, you know, it's easy to see this as the king is is not here, but he's going to be coming back and he's going to claim the kingdom, which is true, but we also have him right here with us right now. Mm -hmm. The kingdom is right here right now with us. Uh, so I, I totally agree with that. Uh, we can be right now intimate with Yeshua, with God, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, that kingdom is here. Uh, the the intimacy that I've experienced, though, I can tell you, it's exciting and it's wonderful. And so it does make me anticipate what the actual settling of the kingdom will be like. Yeah. It makes me anticipate it. It makes me want it. Um, so even though I have a taste of it now, I do. I want the full thing. I want it to come. And that brings in another point that um, that I think is important to say here is when God says, I want you to pray, you know, let the kingdom come quickly. You know, my kingdom come. 
it reveals a heart. Like mm-hmm. you said, I've had a taste of it. I want more. <laughs> right. It reveals a heart that is in alignment with that. Uh, because I've said this before. I used to, uh, uh, I think I've said it on one of these podcasts. I'm not sure. I used to teach a a, uh, a youth group or used to be one of the leaders of a youth group. And, and I remember partic- in particular this one time I was teaching them and they said, we're supposed to want God more than anything else. But let's be honest. How many of us honestly want God more than anything else? Uh, but some t- it, But how many of us recognize we want to want God? You know, it's like in, in all on. In other words, if we can say in all honesty, I don't want God more than anything else. I want that fun, that bit of fun. Right. I want that bit of entertainment. I want, you know, I want, you know, her, you know, more than God. I, I you know, I want, oh boy, I've got my eyes on that beautiful woman. You know, I've, I, there's a lot of stuff that distracts us. And we, in, in all honesty, sometimes we have to go to God and say, no, God, I, and I've had this, I've had this prayer. I've had this, and he wants us to be honest with him, but I've had this discussion with God. I've said, God, to be completely honest, I don't want you most of all. But my logical side said, I recognize that's wrong. And I want to be at a place where my heart wants you more than anything. So my prayer has been, I want to want you. Right. You know, I realize I need, and I think he's been honoring that over the course of my life. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, he's leading me to this place right now. The more we pray, your kingdom come right now, the more we show our heart is in alignment with that desire. God, I just want your kingdom here uh, uh, right now. Because, like you said, I've had a taste. I recognize that's the most wonderful thing. Well, if the taste is this good, but I know that the promise of the full coming is going to be beyond comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. So. Oh man. And and uh, I, I I don't know the anticipation, the the the, the longing, the waiting. Um, you know, you you do start to see your own heart. Um, and of course, God can see your own heart. So when, when those two things are becoming more in alignment, then, you know, things actually get better for you here. Uh-huh. You, know, you are anticipating, but things don't affect you the same way as they used to, because you know that something better is coming, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. It makes sense. Um, I also, also uh, this one um, in that, Scholars have been working in the Hebrew translation. Uh, it also says, may your kingdom be blessed here. Um, and I found that interesting uh, for another reason. It kind of relates to what I talked about previously here. Um, if if you are in Christ, uh, then the kingdom is yours. The kingdom is yours. You are an ambassador of Christ while you are here. You're living here, but you are actually a citizen of his kingdom. And yeah, and I, I don't mean to interrupt, but but like you said, that's awesome to point out because like like you said, a a um, if America has an embassy in let's say Mexico, yeah, um, that embassy is considered American soil, right? And so if you're an ambassador, yes. the domain, the king's domain, is right here in the middle of a foreign territory. Yes, 
Uh, just going along with exactly what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Um, so then in that previous line, uh, we gave God respect and honor by taking a commandment further. And you kind of get to do the same thing here. We gave God love, which Yeshua stated was the most important commandment. And now we can do the second most important commandment by loving our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah. So when we bless the kingdom, we are giving the best gift that we can give to the citizens of the kingdom. Yeah. We are blessing God on the citizens of the, uh, of the kingdom. And since we are also a part of that kingdom, we also get to share in that blessing, which is a, which mm -hmm. is a, also a wonderful gift if you think about it. You know, so... I just, I, I like that, um, I don't know if this is accurate, I don't know if it's correct, this is just my thoughts, but I, I'm seeing that in Yeshua's prayer, the way he's teaching us, we're, t we're, we're doing, you know, the commandments, don't break these, but we're also not breaking them, but we're also going a step further, at least in the way that I've been seeing it. Yeah. And I just think that that's really cool. <laughs> no, it's cool that you mentioned that too, because Matthew is full of Jesus saying, the law says this, I'm going to take it a step further. Right. You know, uh, don't commit adultery. I say don't lust after a woman. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there's several examples of that. So so it, I, it's really cool that you point that out here. And, and like I said, that's just my thoughts that I've been seeing. But, you know, it, 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 struck, it, it, it struck it as interesting to me that... Um, because we always, I've always looked at the commandments as a, uh, I know I'm going to break them. I mean, we, we, we cannot, <laughs> right. we cannot live a perfect life. Only Jesus could do that. Uh, so, but I always look at them as uh, these guidelines that, okay, I, I just got to be careful not to do that. Got to be careful not to do that. And when I do do that, I, I got to take it to God. But here, it's the opposite for me. It's not so much a worry. It's just a, Oh, cool! I can go further with it. I can I not right. only break it, but I can actually do something good with it. Like, you know. So right. I just thought that was pretty cool, and maybe that's where I am in my relationship right now. But, but uh, no, I'm. I just thought that was a cool connection. So now, next, Hebraic Roots version says we've just come to your kingdom come. Now the Hebraic Roots version says your will be done, as in heaven. So on earth, the King James says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pretty much the same thing, just said a little differently. But I did look up a Hebrew translation of Matthew, which according to the translator, he said, it says, do your will in the heavens and on the earth. Right. I so go ahead with your thoughts on, on that one. Um. So here, I, this is what I saw. Uh, I saw another way of giving God respect here and giving him some honor. Uh trust is a big part of what I see going on here. We are trusting that God knows better than we do on how to manage things. Oh, yes. Including on how to manage things in our personal lives. So praying, what you're saying is praying your will be done is saying God is just acknowledging <laughs> you're smarter, you're better, you're, you handle it, I can't. You're more capable. You are, you've got the wisdom. Yeah. You've got the everything and, uh, and and it's it's that humbling yeah that I know I cannot fix this situation it's going to take something way more powerful than me yeah God it's yours mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but but like I said you're giving him you're giving him 
respect because you are showing that you are putting your trust in him to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, and trust is such a, you know, trust is such a, an interesting thing. We, we've all in our lives, we've all have put our trust into someone and it was the wrong person to put our trust in. Yeah. You know, it can it can disappoint you or it can be heartbreaking depending on the level of intimacy or what the situation was. But when we are surrendering our will to, and, and, and when we are surrendering our, surrendering our will and trusting in God, not only does it show a lot of respect, but the beautiful thing is God will not break his promises. Mm-hmm. And we know what his promises are. They're stated out throughout the whole Bible. So we know uh, he will not let us down. This is the one person that we can trust wholeheartedly, but we still always put those barriers up. So there's still there's still some work here that needs to be done. You know, yeah. God, your will be done, except in this one situation that I kind of want to still have control. Yeah. You know, so, that, so that's where... That's where a lot of my struggles have been uh, in my relationship with God is that surrendering my will. Yeah. And really remembering that he's got it. He's Mm -hmm. smarter. He's more clever. He's better. (laughs) He's stronger. Yes. He's got it. Um, So I, I, other than being able to say, you know, this is humbling for me right now, because once again, this is, this is being reinforced into me. uh, Yeah. Yes. we got to surrender that will. No matter, no matter what other thing we want to lust after, no, we gotta surrender our will and let God be in control of each situation. Yeah, and that that leads so well into what I was gonna say is just the fact that the these are in order. So your kingdom come has to come first. Yes. Before His will is done, because once His kingdom is established, He reigns supreme. The king of one country might have influence in another country, but his will does not rule the land. Right. Uh, the king's uh, word is law only in his domain. And so the domain of the king has to come first. His domain has to be established. And that's where he uses us. And I love what you said about ambassadors. Being ambassador... He sends us into a situation where he is not. Right. So we establish essentially a fortress, a, an ambassador, a, 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 what did I, what's the word I just say? A embassy. Mm-hmm. And that becomes where we are, becomes his domain. And now his will can happen because we allowed him to have domain there. Yes. Because we stepped into it. So now... That's that's why I felt it was so important that this came second mm-hmm. after domain. And the way you just described it there too is now that in especially in our lives, we if we say, "Okay, make this your domain. Okay, it's his domain. I'm the king. My will rules." And then we go, "Well, <laughs> does it have to?" Well, wait a second. Did we really make it his domain? Right. If it's his domain, his will is law. Right. You know, uh, so that, so the more we disobey actually reveals the more his domain isn't actually here. So only in the domain of the king is the king's will law asking God to let his will be done in an area 
that he does not control is pointless. The domain has to come first. It stands to reason we must follow the king's domain expanding to where you are in order for his will to happen. So what we pray is that as in heaven, where God's will is everything, his, yes. every, everything in heaven is completely, perfectly his will, so shall it be on earth. Again, this can be a prophetic end times sense. Let your kingdom come so that your will is done and everything is made perfect. But it's also a personal, intimate sense in our lives. Uh, on a personal level, we're agreeing to make this his domain. Then we agree to hear his voice and obey. And like you said, the more we disobey, the more we show his domain isn't actually here. Right. Now, free will means he will not interfere outside of where he's invited, mm -hmm. which makes it more important to let him have his domain here. Then his will can take over. He will not he will not conquer you as a as as a angry warlord. Uh, he will woo you. You invite him to have his domain, then his will rules. Right. So it's it's a inviting Yahweh in, then submitting to his rule. It's a savior-lord relationship. If you invite him in to have his domain by making him by, by accepting him as your savior, you then need to move on and accept his lordship in that situation. If this is his domain, he's king, you have to obey. Right. And the more we disobey, the more we show he's not really lord of this area. So, no, I really love what you had to say there. Which is fascinating that, uh, uh, I mean, obviously, Yeshua knows, but we can we can see where our own heart is just by saying this prayer. Yeah. And, and, actually, and actually truthfully saying this prayer uh -huh. and going with it. You can see where your own heart is and... And then that might be where you follow up with, uh, <laughs> yeah. God, I need, oh, yeah. I need to want you more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, so the next part is Hebraic Roots Version says, give us today our continual bread. And I liked that word. King James Version says, give us today our daily bread. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I looked into the Hebrew and I'm bringing it up here because it's a little difference. It says, Give us bread every day that it may support our lives. The version I read. And I also saw one that, um, you know, give us bread continually every day. So yeah. It's so all... again, the, the, the new Hebrew translate or the new Hebrew text they found, several people have read it and are kind of coming up with their own translations. Mm -hmm. So, so that's why these can be a little different. Um, but, but now, now. After all of this, you know, we've gone over this, uh, come to him as an intimate father, recognize him as your Lord, bow before him, give him the praise and worship he's due, then invite his kingdom, let his kingdom uh, uh, have domain over you, let his will be done. Now, after all of that, God says, okay, now enter your personal needs. Mm -hmm. Now come to me with your 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 every your daily needs your daily requirements 
after submitting to God's authority, his kingdom and authority, and all of that, are we to request our daily, continual, personal needs. And I like that. Uh, daily uh, reminds me of the, the manna coming to the children yep. of, of the Israelites. Every day it was new. Yep. And, and continual. Uh, how many of us have eaten? You never need to eat again, right? You just you ate once, <laughs> that solved it. How many of you have have bathed? You showered. You, you showered once, you never need to be showered again, right? You, you're never going to be dirty again. Which one shower, that's it. No, there are continual things that need to, to, to continue to happen throughout all of our lives in order to continue living. And this is what he's addressing here in so many levels. This means more than just please give me food and shelter. Right. Which is what it's a part of that that's included in this. Give me my daily bread. Give give me food. Give me what I need physically on a day-to-day level and it's acknowledging him as the provider. But it's so much more than that. It means that that we request God's spiritual word and provision for us every day. I know a lot of people who hate this way of thinking because they say the Bible is perfect and therefore nothing can be added to it and therefore requesting that we come before God and we hear from God daily is acknowledging that the Bible's wrong. And that's the way they see it. No, that's not it. it. It's that God wants to live with us every single day. He wants to refresh us. He wants to uh, encourage us. He wants to, he can give us revelation, not about these, these spiritual truths. Everything from God is going to line up with the Bible. It's going to line up with his word. But he he wants, uh, I'm reminded of uh, Jonathan and Juliana, uh, their website. I just, uh, I just shouted them out uh, last, I gave them a shout out last week. Today, he just said something that struck me uh, just came up just a few hours uh, ago as I'm recording this that hit me about this is he's at the gym and he he's just he very he hears very strongly sees two two women and he goes um, there's some sisters there, there's some of your sisters over there you know meaning sisters of the Lord you know Christian he goes you've got two sisters over there and so he goes oh okay all right I, I, this, this must be important. And he goes over and he talks to them and he's like, you know, I, I'm sorry. You know, he's like, um, you know, he explains who he is and, and he's been hearing from the Lord and they just say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. And the one lady goes, I'm a Christian. And her niece was with her and she just, you know, was talking about how wonderful it is that her niece used to be rebellious and used to be against God and now has come back to the faith and now is a believer and a Christian again. And he's like, well, is there anything that I can pray for you about? Is there any need that you have? And they're like, no, no, we don't need anything. And so he came back. He's like, well, thank you. They, they talked for a little longer. And he came back. He kept, kept working out. And he goes, God, why did you lay that on my heart? You know, I wasn't supposed to do anything. And he goes, no, you weren't supposed to do anything. I was just telling you, you've got two <laughs> sisters there. And he started to cry because he realized God just wanted to talk with him. He said, that's how intimate and personal it was. God wasn't telling him, go do something. God was just talking with him. Hey, you've got two sisters over there. Isn't that neat? You know, I mean, that that's all it was. And this is, that reminded me of this. Give us our continual bread. We just need to hear from him. Nowhere in the word of God, 
you know, pick up your Bible. Nowhere does it say, you know, and Jonathan will be working out and meet two <laughs> sisters of the Lord, you know, well, on, on this day and time. No, that's our daily bread. That's our, this is personal for you. This is encouraging. This is loving. This is whatever. But this is, this is the daily walk that we have with him. Just like the manna, it was daily fresh. And if they tried to store it up for the next day, it was rotten. They had to get new bread every day. Um, daily, continually, um, the meat of the word, the word of God is valuable, but we also need to hear his voice. We need to commune with him personally, intimately. Our prayers should be unceasing. We need to receive from him always, daily, continually. This should be our prayer. God, give us what you've got for me today. That was a cool story. Yeah. I, liked that. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> um, and so basically my thoughts um, are very in line with yours. Uh, just uh, I saw something here too I thought was kind of cool. Um, I think here we have another example of continuing the prayer after the prayer. This is not just a short conversation and then we go back to normal. We should be in continual conversation, continual prayer. Uh, with God. And the word bread to me has a couple multiple meanings, meanings here. We acknowledged in the last line that we trust God and now we are asking for him to provide for us both physically feed our stomachs yeah, and with Yeshua the bread of life feed our spirit. So this is another example of how awesome God is to me. He can handle our physical needs and our spiritual needs with something most of the world takes for granted now, bread. <laughs> you know, how much better off uh, would we be if we had a continual, a continual daily Yeshua in our lives? I mean, yes. And that story um, kind of fit into that idea. <laughs> how, how exciting would it be to realize that God's just wanting to chit-chat with you? Yeah. You know? And, and I don't, you know, I got, I just want to say real quick right now, I feel like as we're going over this, we're actually doing the prayer technically. I mean, yeah. as we go on and get deeper into this and I don't know about you, but I'm just getting, I, I just feel the presence coming on stronger and stronger. I feel like I'm getting more emotional. Do you see the goosebumps? I do. I see. And I just, it's like, it's like my mind is going, it, it, my, my humanity, my mind is going. Why are you crying? What what is wrong with you? Right. But but I am. I, I was just I I just feel that that I I want to cry right now. I, I, I joyful cry. I just I I just anyway. I um. Do you have more about that? I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but no, no. Uh, no. I think I think both those points kind of prove the same thing. We're just now we're trusting God to take care of us physically yeah. and spiritually, and. How cool is it when we get to a point where yeah. we can have a conversation uh, continually and just get to a point where we're just chit-chatting? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you're, no, you're so right. Um, uh, so let's let's go on to the next. Um, and forgive us our debts. Now, now if, I don't, if I don't say more than one, it means basically the Hebraic Roots version and the King James were, were essentially in agreement. So yeah. it says, and forgive us our debts. But again, I went and checked a Hebrew translation, and, and one of the things it says, I don't know if yours agrees, but it says, and let go our guilts for us. Oh. What did yours, did you look up one? Yeah, mine was uh, mine was similar enough that I didn't type it on here. It was, so it was basically debts. our debts. Yeah. 
So um, go. It's your turn. Go ahead and go first. Well, uh, the first thing that stuck out to me here is I think we've kind of I think sin has kind of lost its power. I think I think the word has been almost like oversaturated, and we've seen it in media and all this different things. And and I've even seen some Bible translations. Some modern Bible translations want to turn it in, turn the word sin when it is mentioned into mistake, which I think that's a mistake, because uh, sin mm-hmm. is so much more than just a mistake. But uh, uh, the word debt to me had has heavy, yeah. heavy implications. Um, I I know from your notes you're going to touch base on this, but I was in. Agreeing. You say whatever, whatever's on your heart. You can repeat it. I'll, I'll whatever. Just say. But well, and like so. I know you're going to reinforce this idea, but it, it's true. It, it, it's heavy. But then we've got to remember that that debt, we can never pay it back. Yes. No matter how hard we work, no matter how much money we make, no matter you know mm-hmm. what good deeds we do, we can never pay that debt back. And so that could be, that could be horrible. That could be over us our whole lives, and what a miserable life that would be to always have mm-hmm. that burden over you and never be able to. You can chip at it, but you're not making any any progress whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and you know another thing I thought of. I'm going to jump in on you on this one because it's not part of my notes here. I thought about it later. Uh, is uh, the story about the the king who forgives a man a great debt, yeah. and then that man turns around and, and throws someone in jail for a tiny, insignificant debt. I had this thought. This is just what came to me as I was thinking about this. It's like whatever is righteous, whatever's in the law, whatever's holy, whatever God has said, this is clean, this is good, free of charge. You can have it. It's just yours. You can do it, you can eat it, you can use it, you can, and you know, whatever. You can enjoy it free, completely free. Right. Whatever is unrighteous, whatever is outside of what is God's, that has a price to pay. And we don't make any money. We cannot earn anything right. in and of ourselves. So if you have done anything that has built up a debt, that has a cost to it, you cannot pay that back. When the time comes to collect, they're going to be the, the, the debtor, the, the sorry, uh, the person whose debt you have to pay, or I mean the person who's collecting the debt, they have full legal right to do whatever they want with you. Right. And fortunately, so this put it into a financial sense for me, but it, it it's that's what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. He's paid the debt uh, with his with his blood that you could not pay because yep. you cannot earn. Uh, now, like I said, Jesus is the only one that lived this life completely free of debt. If you want to think about it that way. Yep. Uh, now, now go on with yours. I just as you were talking, it just perfectly it. It hit that thought that I had earlier. Well, and that, and real, this is not my notes here. I'm just yeah, going to go, ahead, go, go back ahead. on that real quick. I also see it as like a courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. So you know, you you have been you have been captured and you are put on trial for all the horrible things that you've done. 
and only you know what those horrible things are, you and God. And God is the judge, and you have no defense, you have no chance, mm -hmm. you are, you're, and you know the sentence is death. But then in walks Jesus, and Jesus says, that punishment, put it on me. And he pays the fine, he pays the court fine, he takes the, the penalty, and you get to walk out scot-free. Literally, you would be scot-free. I was saying, did you say that on purpose? <laughs> and, and I, I mean, I, I just don't... It always comes back to that humbling. Uh -huh. Why would he do that for me? <laughs> you know? Right. I am, I am nothing and insignificant, and I deserve it. I know I deserve it. Mm -hmm. And that's why the burden is not heavy on us. We cannot forget the burden. We cannot forget that we are that we are deserving of that that punishment. We are deserving of death. The wages of sin is death. We deserve it. Mm -hmm. No way around it. But Jesus said, "Nah, I love you, so I'm going to take that on for you." And so we can never forget that because then then the the human nature, the tendency to 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 go with our ego and all of this comes into play. We always got to remember we, we, we got through by this, you know, the skin of our teeth. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, so, so sorry, I interrupted you in the middle of a thought there. I'm no, sorry about no, that. No, no, that I like, that was good. Um, Okay, and then and then you kind of mentioned this previously too, but I just I also wanted to take a moment here and just think about the flow of the prayer so far. You know, we're giving him respect, and then from my connection, we gave him we gave him respect. We gave respect to our neighbors. Now we are acknowledging we need God continually, and it's only now at this point that we're advocating for ourselves, telling him you know what we need. Yeah, uh, and of course he knows better than what we need, but we finally have come to the conclusion. Yes, I am in big trouble, so this is what I need, God. And I don't know what other thoughts I really have on that. I just wanted to make sure that was noted. Okay. But I do find it interesting to me that we are asking for forgiveness for our debts, but also we are asking forgiveness for us, which this this is one of those. In my mind, this is one of those "where is your brother" situation. Mm -hmm. I think we we're acknowledging that we are a community okay. of individuals. So forgive us our debts is you're make you're just focusing on that word "us" by saying it's not forgive me my debts. You're saying forgive us. Right. It's like forgive my brother too. Forgive forgive all of us. It's we, kind of we've established that we're a kingdom. Uh -huh. And and I kind of see that we're in this point here where, and it's going to come in the next line too. Uh, this this is going to come out more too. Okay. But forgive us, uh, you know, where is your brother? God is asking us, where is your brother? It's it's also a way of not to just think of uh, just selfish things. Just, you know, yes, I want to be forgiven. But also, God, if I am forgiven, then you need to be fair. You need to be fair and, and forgive us, uh, this community, this kingdom that we have created. Um, okay. But so it's it, it's interesting that uh, we're 
advocating for ourselves, but we're also advocate, you know, advocating for all of us. Right. And and I do think that that makes the next line um, a little a little more not necessarily easy to bear, but a little more understandable. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I like that because I wasn't thinking of us in that. I was making it personal, so I really and I think it appreciate is. Appreciate Obviously, I think it. I well, think it is. Well, but yeah, I do think it is too. But you expanded it in a way I wasn't thinking about it. So I, I very much appreciate that. But yeah, going off of what you said, debt to me was a very powerful word because uh, I've seen many translations that said, "Forgive us our sins, forgive us our transgressions." I know I've seen that one, which which. Are correct. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say those are bad translations, but this word debt right here just struck me, in which I, I already shared that. And another powerful thing, the, the, one of the reasons that that struck me in the way that it did, the, the financial example I just gave, because when he says these things are free and clear, you can have them free of charge. By doing them, you're not making any money. <laughs> right. They're just free. See, a lot of us have a, I hope it all balances out. I hurt you and that cost, but I helped you. That gave me an income, so to speak. So if I helped you $20 worth and I hurt you $10 worth, I'm I'm over budget. I'm going to get into heaven. That's kind of the way we think about it. But what we need to think about it is these things over here are free, but we're not earning an income by doing them. Right. They're just free. You know, you can have them, you know, but this over here, that that will cost. And that word debt really made that sink into me. Well, uh, and, and, I, and I don't know this for sure, but I kind of feel like, as I was saying, the word sin has is losing some of the, uh, the power behind the word. Mm-hmm. So and and I and and there's an attempt there, a, yeah. a desire for that to happen. Oh, yeah. The enemy wants you to be lost. He doesn't, you know. Uh. If you if you are if you are thinking of your sin as a mistake, well, mistakes can be forgiven. You you learn to move on. There's an old song by Jacob's Trouble, "The Church of Do What You Want To." Yeah. And one of the lines is it is they ain't sins no more. They're more like spiritual faux pas. Oh yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing, and I think the enemy would very much like us to go down that road uh-huh. and think of it well, because then you don't because then if you have sinned, well, if it's just a mistake, I, I, I'll correct it. I'll correct it. Yeah. I don't need a savior to correct it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do think there is some truth to that. So when you have another word that's put in its place, and especially in something so popular as this, and you go, wait, because I had only knew about sin until, I don't know, like maybe 15 years ago or so. I only knew sin in this prayer. And so when I saw debt for the first time, it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. It made me think. And so I, I like when that happens. It, make, it takes you out of something that yeah. you think you know and makes you think. So I also just pointed out in my notes here that uh, at this time, Yeshua is teaching this. He had not yet gone to the cross and taken our sin and paid that debt. He knew he was going to. Right. And and then this concept of God being outside of time and having paid for our sins at the very beginning before we even sinned and all that. He had, but at this moment, um, the people that he's talking to, they haven't seen it. They don't know what's coming. Um, so one of the things he's really saying, uh, forgive, forgive us our debts, is he's saying, go to God. He's the only one that can. The cross 
is the only thing that can cover your sin. It's the only thing that can pay for it, pay for our debts. So when we try to do the other things we've been talking about, you know, do enough good works to cover it, or, or are you talking about going, you know, another way? It's a mistake, and I can fix a mistake. That is an affront to his cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if we, by trying to remove these any other way, we act in a way that says what you did for us is meaningless. Right. Um, so we must, after desiring God's kingdom come, after desiring that his will reign supreme, and after seeking his daily continual presence, his provision, then let's clear our slate of everything yesterday and before that we've accrued. All of our debt, let's give them to him to wipe away as he promised he would. So that moves into, Hebraic Roots Version says, like we release our debtors. The King James Version says, as we forgive our debtors. And the Hebrew that I read says, for we let our guilty ones go. Mm-hmm. And again, we kind of went back and let, before the Hebrew said, let our guilts and let go our guilts for us. Um, that word, I haven't focused on that word guilt because debt to me was heavier. Right. But guilt does show that we have something we know we did wrong. Right. Guilt indicates, I, I do like the word guilt because it indicates a knowledge of wrongdoing. Uh, it's not just, you know, a mistake. Oh, I was an accident. Didn't, you know, I, I'm not really responsible. But guilt is, yeah, I know I'm responsible. So I do appreciate that word too. Yeah. But now we get into... Guys, the importance of forgiveness cannot be overstated. Like like uh, the parable we spoke of earlier that I brought up of the king forgiving the great debt and then that man going and holding someone for a tiny insignificant debt. King finds out about it and he is ticked off and he says, go get that man, get his family, take everything he owns, uh, throw him in jail uh, and, and it's all mine. Because of what he did. I'm taking it all. Yep. We we cannot, we have to understand what our debt is and how much we deserve to suffer. And to understand the appreciation of what was paid in order to be able to release those who owe us an insignificant amount. Mm-hmm. But you don't understand what they did. No, I do understand. Further, I don't care. It cannot compare to what you owe and what he paid. Um, it's so hard to see that sometimes. I admit, it's so hard to see that in our selfishness, in our, you don't understand what that person did to me and how much it hurts. I get that. Which is why I believe this is an order and we first pray, forgive us our debts. Because it focuses our debt, our guilt first. And we need to see that. We need to truly see that. And if, and if it 
to you. And if it doesn't matter and you're at that place where you're saying, no, I'm never going to forgive him. Again, it goes back just like God's will can't be done until his domain is in place. And if you're not obeying his will, you're kind of revealing his domain isn't actually here. Right. This kind of goes back to if you're not forgiving, it kind of reveals that you don't understand how much you owe. You really don't understand what your debt is. Um, our forgiveness hinges upon us forgiving as well. If we do not forgive, then we are not forgiven. And uh, that's very brief, but I think that pretty much says exactly what I feel this is saying I shouldn't say that. Not exactly what this is saying. Because again, as we said before, I don't know everything. This says so much more. This is just what's being laid on my heart. So so let me not. Let me erase that statement. That's exactly what this is saying. No, no, no. There's so much more to it. Sorry about that. Uh, Brad, go on with whatever else that I just missed. <laughs> well, so I also see this as, as I mentioned it just in the last line, you know, you have this burden that's over you. Mm -hmm. And when we asked for forgiveness, that burden's gone away. Yeah. But we still have another burden. We have the burden of all the people who have hurt us or harmed us, and we have that in there as well. Yeah. So we have that burden gone, but we're not free yet. We're still we're still in, in, in this, this uh, I don't know what I want to call it, this, uh, we, we still have this resentment, this, this, uh, anger possibly this all of this stuff and that's a burden as well so when we have been forgiven and that guilt that we have for the things we've done is gone and we've let go of everything that's being that's been put on us by outside sources how freeing is that yeah you now have it neither either way you are completely free that debt went down to zero you owe nothing mm-hmm and you, if you're not thankful to the one who did that, then, you know, search your heart and see what's going on. But, um, so I, I, I think, wow, first of all, free, how freeing it is to not have the, the, the mental games that we play, uh, thinking about all the things that have been done to me, not being a victim, which is a, which is a thing that happens in today's society. Everyone's playing this victim card anymore. Uh, once it's all gone, and we can see clearly. And then I also, you know, if we are a community and we're all in the same situation, then it's only fair that God would, uh, that would forgive us, you know, in the same way. And if we have been forgiven, then it's only fair in the same system that we are forgiving the others uh, that have transgressed against us. If we want forgiveness, then we need to forgive. If God gives us love, then we should give love. God is the only one that can be completely fair. And this is another way that we can show trust in him. Yeah. God, I'm going to forgive this person because I trust you. Uh -huh. And even the, the people outside of the communities, we're supposed to pray for our enemies as well. All yeah. right, I'll forgive them, but I'm going to trust that God the only one who's capable of being completely fair will deal with them yeah. in a fair manner as well. 
Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. He's let him have it because he knows not just what they did to you, but he knows their heart. He knows where they came from. He knows why it happened. He knows how they're hurting. He knows how they're suffering and tormented. Mm-hmm. He knows. And and he forgives us in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, but he knows how to deal with them perfectly and right. fairly. Let him do it and let us not be there condemner when we don't know what's really going on and then we're free yeah we're free from the responsibility of having to do that too yeah which is a yeah which is a there's great, another freedom that or, yeah exactly um but no that's 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 what i saw here is just it's it's a matter of being fair and we as humans we cannot be perfectly fair no we're always going to be selfishly motivated mm-hmm. but god can be mm-hmm. and respect him and trust him yeah you know and something else i just thought of in line with my whole uh uh, financial analogy there was again there's an order here forgive us our debts okay they're forgiven you're clear and and as we forgive our debtors so if you don't now now we're free and clear now we move on if you say no i don't forgive well, not forgiving is one of those unrighteous things. You just accrued another debt. <laughs> After your debt has been forgiven, now, you, now you've you gone back. Again. To, you're starting again. Now you've gone back to being in debt. And if you leave it that way, you're in debt when the time comes to pay. But I was forgiven. You were forgiven. Then you accrued a new debt. Hmm. Um, so there, I, it just occurred to me there is an order for that reason too. Yeah. Interesting. But, okay, so next I'll let you start again on this one. And uh, the Hebraic, the King James Version says, lead us not into temptation. The Hebraic Roots Version says, and let us not come into temptation. And I thought, and I'm going to let you start with this, but I'm going to say I thought that difference was very important. And you've read my notes on it, but I want to see what you have to think about the whole thing, Any anything about that. Well, and I also, this is another one where um, I looked at the uh, Hebrew Matthew translation, or what, you know, some of the ones that they're working on, and I saw this one on multiple ones, um, and this has actually been, this is actually in some other versions um, before they had the the Hebrew Matthew scroll, um, but it says, do not bring us into the hands of a test. Yeah, I saw that. Lead us, uh, one basically said, instead of saying, lead us not into temptation, it said, lead us not into testing. And... I, I I got kind of caught up on that word, and so um, you know I was thinking about it. To me, uh, if you're if if you're testing God, to me it feels like a challenge, like you're challenging God, and we are not to test our God, uh, so we are not to challenge Him. Uh, I I come back to this trust that I have mentioned so many times now, but if you trust then you have no need to challenge, pure and simple. You have yeah. no need to test. You 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 trust. Uh-huh. So when but when God challenges us, it's to see where our hearts are. Do we love Him even in a challenge? Do we love Him even in a test? Uh-huh. It, you know. So I see two things going on here in in my mind. Um, we see. You know, we see that we're saying God. Uh, no need to do that. We trust in you. 
There's mm -hmm. no need, no need for a challenge, no need for a test. We have surrendered to your will. So it's like by what you're saying is like by praying, lead us not into testing, is saying, um, I hope I'm at the point where you don't have to, that I've I've fully shown my trust. I'm, I hope I'm at that point where my heart is completely open yes. to trusting you. Yes. So it's it's more lead us not into testing. Is saying, oh, please, God, I want to be at that. Is my heart's desire is to be at that point where testing is no longer needed. I don't need the is challenge that, okay. because I trust you no matter where I'm at. Okay. Um, you know, I think of, I think of Paul, and I think of, I think of basically any of the apostles in this situation. They were put through hell on mm -hmm. earth, absolute hell. But they always trusted him. So he. You know, he he was he was testing them to see where their hearts are, and they still they, every single time they 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 conquered it, uh, for the most part. But we're saying, Lord, we want to be there. Okay. We don't need the testing. Uh, we will trust you in either situation. But if the test does come, Lord, I'm still going to trust in you, and I'm st still going to go through with it. Uh, Putting you, uh, putting put you know, putting you uh, above above the challenge, above the test, and I mm -hmm. won't test you, and I won't challenge you because I have surrendered my will to you, and I am I'm submissive to you in this in this area. Okay, you know. Yeah. So I've I've heard it basically said this way before, and this is where I think you're going with it. It's where God teaches you and trains you and nurtures you as much as you'll let him. And when you reach a point of maturity in a level, he then basically says, you have authority over that now. Now I want you to use that authority. And he sends us to places where we can do it. Right. And when he sends us there, we may fail. We may screw up. But he's not... The, the goal was, I know you're capable of handling this. We might screw up because of our own selfishness jumping back in, our own whatever. Uh, but but what you're saying is basically this prayer is is kind of saying, um, I, I guess one way I could say it is, throw me in because I will take it down. No need to test me. Kind of kind of like a school test. Are you there yet? To the point, it's like God has trained me. God has matured me. Now I can take it out. You're saying, I trust you. I'll take it out. No need to test any further. You can just put me into the battle. On my is, homework is that kind of on my homework assignments? I've been getting an A plus each time. Yeah. Do I need to have a test? Have I? I I'm showing you that I know the subject matter. I'm showing you Absolutely. that okay. I trust you. Is that is that? Did I get that right? Is yeah. that kind of okay? Yeah. Um. But then, yeah. So. And and test was, <laughs> test just I don't know it stood out to me, um, maybe it's because one of those things where I hadn't seen I've se I have heard that before but I've never considered it before so I think mm -hmm. that's where I was going with that, um, but let us not come into temptation, and lead us not into temptation. Well, the, I, I think there is a major difference there. There's the you know, uh, one is saying God led us into temptation. Yeah. And this is where I was going with it on mine, yeah. And one is saying, you know, so God led us into a into temptation, which, uh, you know, which that 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 debate can go on and on and on. We we as humans like to, uh, when we we like to assign blame on somebody, mm -hmm. 
you know, a lot of times uh, the devil made me do it. Right. You know, no, we did it, <laughs> but right. we, we want to assign blame. And, and almost in a way there, it, it, we're, we're saying, well, God, you led me into this. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily a fan of that. Um, and the other one is not, you know, is more of a, I've, I'm going along my journey and something's come across my way that is temptation. And, and I don't even want to be put into a situation, God, where that happens. Yeah. Keep that away from me. Okay. You know, uh, where, but so that's, that's how I see those two versions. Um, but anyway, you look at it, I think that all, I guess what I'm trying to say is all of that is still kind of the same thing. Okay. God, I'm, I'm, I'm either don't need a test because I will conquer it or God don't even put temptation in front of me because I can conquer it or it might lead me away from you. Either way, I don't want it. I don't want it. Now, I, this is, yeah, there's a lot of things at play here. And I, this is one area where I would like to see the original Hebrew and know exactly what was said uh, for, for this reason is because, so I'm thinking the word temptation is strictly a personal challenge, but, but it's, it's strictly, are you going to fall? Mm -hmm. It's not, are you going to conquer? Are you going to go help someone? It's, are you going to sin? A temptation. And and I had just heard a teaching about this a few weeks ago. Uh, the Talking about, the, the Bible says in other places, God never leads you into temptation. God will never lead you into temptation. So why are we supposed to pray, God, do not lead us into temptation, right. if he's already stated, I will never. And the sermon that that, that guy was saying, because it's important to line our hearts up and to say we're in agreement with that, that kind of thing. It didn't really sit well with me. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't I didn't hate it, and I thought, okay, maybe there's something to that. But I kind of thought, if if God has said, I will never lead you into temptation, and Jesus is saying, pray that never lead me into temptation. I was like, I I didn't get it right. very well. Now and and this this sermon, I kind of went, okay, I'm kind of on board, but it. At the same time, it kind of felt like almost made up, like like they were just trying to explain it away. Uh, so the Hebraic Roots version says, and let us not come into temptation. That changed it for me. And that to me was, uh, uh, let me get back here. Uh, I think about it, I came up with this analogy. Uh, because let us not come into t- temptation has a much broader meaning than lead us. Mm-hmm. This is, think of a child running into traffic. And the tra- a child playing in the yard and keeps wanting to run into traffic where it's dangerous. The parent has said, stay in the yard. The parent is not leading them. Leading them into temptation would be the parent saying, let's go play in traffic where all the cars are. Right. That God won't do that. That he does not lead us into temptation. Let us not come into temptation is pray is praying, God, please put up a barrier. Please advise me of the area that I, I shouldn't go. Do, do, don't let me even go there. I'm the child. You're the adult. You know better than I do. Don't even let me go into traffic. Right. This, this is a much... Di- 
you know, don't lead me into playing in traffic is very different than don't, don't let me play in traffic. It's a very different prayer. And I appreciated the, the different translation for that. I was like, okay, now I see what they're saying. But now your version of testing throws another layer onto that because I think what you're talking about, and maybe you're not, but what I got, maybe maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's all of them. See, um, do not lead me into testing as far because the temptation, like we said, is strictly um, here's something you shouldn't take. And I'm just going to make it available for you to see if you'll take it. Right. I don't want you to take it. That's what the Bible says God will never do. I will never put something... In other words, God will never come and say, Okay, here, here, Brad, here's the sexual sin. Here's the lust. Here's the grab for power. Uh, here's the false God. I'm going to lay that in front of you. I don't want you to take it. I'm just going to see if you will. The Bible says that God will never do that. He will not lead us into temptation. But we might stumble in ourselves right. in our daily journey as we're not paying close attention to him. We might stumble into traffic. And so what we're praying for is, God, don't even let us go there. Please show us where it is. Put up a barrier, something. Don't let us go there. But now kind of what you're talking about too is if we interpret instead of temptation, if we put testing in there, that might not mean a test of sin. A test, okay, here's the forbidden apple. Are you going to eat it? Right. It might mean a test like, okay, Brad, I've trained you with your sword for several months now. There are wolves over there that are hurting my sheep. You're able to kill them, and I'm sending you to kill the wolves. Now, this is a mission. You can say it's a test of your ability, but this is not a sin thing. This is not a will you sin. This is, I want you to kill the wolves. My lambs are hurting because of the wolves. You go into that situation and you kill the wolves. Um, so is that kind of what you're saying? Do not lead me into tests is kind of what I heard before. It was kind of what you're saying is, God, uh, I want to be at the place where I can kill the wolves. I don't, don't lead me into further testing of my sword. I want to be at the place where you can just send me to the wolves. I don't want to go back to testing anymore. I want to go right into the battle. Yes. And also, um, so the next line I think works well with, and we're not quite there yet, but uh, okay. I think the next line works well with a test because there is an active element mm -hmm. out there that wants us to fail as well. Right. And so... I mean, we've seen we've seen in Scripture, in Job, you know, that challenges will come, and God will give permission for those challenges to come, right. and it's how we it's how we respond in those situations. So, I think part of it, I think this is a twofold thing. Yes, I want to be at a point where I can handle that this situation. But also, God, there are elements that are not you out there. Okay. I don't want them to come at me. <laughs> so know? that's that's why I say I wish I knew the original Hebrew, because temptation and testing are kind of a square, rectangle right. relationship. 
temptation is a test, but if it's a test, it's not necessarily a temptation. There's much more to testing. Right. And so, but if it's specifically temptation, then that's where I say, God, do not lead us in. And God's saying, I don't lead you. Why are you praying that? <laughs> right. I don't lead you into temptation. And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm getting this. But a test can envelop all of that. And also, I again, I do like, let us not come into. Yes. It's better than lead. Yes. It's just don't even allow us to wander off into that area. Well, keep us keep us within your wing, keep us within your Torah, keep us within your fence of protection. Don't don't let us wander into that that evil. Uh, but at the same time, I do like the fact that there's another piece to this that I was missing and just let us not come let us not essentially continue testing. In other words, uh, and and I, I'm going to say it again because I repeat everything ad nauseum. Uh, uh, just the idea that you're testing me, you're testing me, you're testing me. Please, God, I pray that I get to the point where I don't need any more testing. I'm there. I can I can be I can be what you want me to be. Well, in, in this translation too, it um, we've mentioned in, in in podcasts before that there's imagery and there's in the Hebrew word pictures and in scripture, and uh -huh. there's, there's this hand that's reaching out for us. Uh -huh. And it's our choice whether or not we want to take it. Yeah. Well, this translation also says, you know, um, let's see here. Do not bring us into the hands of a test. And so I also like this, I, this, this picture yeah. that, that there are other hands too. Mm -hmm. But we don't, we, you know, don't lead us into the wrong hands, God. Let your hand be the one that we're reaching for, that you're the one that we're striving for. Okay. You know, I mean, there's so many possible yeah. ideas and pictures that could be going on here, but, but it says hands. So that to me, that makes me okay. think multiple hands are reaching for us. Okay. So I really like what you said for my part. And like we said, not perfect, not, not going to say this is exactly what it means. Don't follow anyone else. Just what's being laid on my heart specifically is the importance of this let us not come rather than the lead us interpretation. Uh, God, what we're praying for is, is hold us, protect us, uh, keep, keep us from like stupid little kids uh, doing, doing the dumb things that kids do. Right. Don't don't let us just wander into traffic. Don't just let us wander into the pit, or 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 over there where the wild animals are. Um, don't 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 even let us in that area. Um, at, at least for me. Do you want to before we go on? You want to kind of say, and this is my heart where where it is. Um, I think sum, sum it up. <laughs> I think my heart is in a very similar page and. That imagery now is in my head, and and I think I think what, what I'm seeing now is uh, I want to be at a point where even if there are multiple hands, they're dimming out because I'm uh -huh. I'm clearly seeing the one that is my father. Okay, so then the next line, which you said, does tie into this, but deliver us from evil. And again, the Hebraic roots version and the King James pretty much agreed that was it. Um, now, again, I saw another uh, one of the Hebrew translations that said, but keep us from all wickedness. Mm -hmm. 
And I liked that. And again, I came back to this example of wandering into traffic. God, please just set up a barrier. Don't let us wander into traffic. Uh, set up a fence so we can stay within your will. But when we find we're outside of your will, when we figure out that we have wandered into traffic, when we've rebelled and uh, intentionally or, or otherwise, we didn't realize it, please deliver us. Please bring us back. Uh, again, the keep us from all wickedness kind of goes back to just a reinforcement of, of don't let us come into temptation. But deliver us from evil kind of insinuates, no, you, you did find a way there. Please get us out. Either way, it's to me, it's it's just that's if it's evil, I want out. Please get me to the out. Yes. Well, and I see this as the call that humanity has been making ever since the fall from Eden. Yeah. You know, we have but deliver us from evil. Now that we have knowledge of evil, we want to escape it. Uh-huh. You know, we want to be delivered from it. Okay, we get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's bad. And uh but but who's the only one that can do that? It's God. God is the only one that can do it. So this is a cry. This is a passionate cry. God your way was better. Uh yeah. where we've got to a point we trust you. We're we're surrendering our will. Now get us out of this evil. Get us out of this mis- this this sin. This this mm-hmm. thing that we did. Um, and but but ultimately the beauty of this because you know we've mentioned it before. God out of time, uh, experiencing all moments at the same time. They've already happened. They haven't happened. But He had a plan to deliver us from evil before we even had a knowledge of what evil was. Yeah. And what an awesome, beautiful thought that is, that he knew it was going to happen, but he, he already took care of it. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I just, I just when, I, when I really started to think about this one line, it just, that's the cry of humanity since the fall, you know, is deliver us from this. Yeah. And another cool thing about this too is, again, the order has been so wonderful uh, uh, from the very first start off praise and magnifying uh, our, our loving father who is also our God praise you thank you now we want your kingdom to come and when your kingdom comes your will reigns supreme and 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 your kingdom is established and, and everything's wonderful now your will is done now take care of our individual personal needs uh, uh, that 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 have to happen every day. Um, now let's uh, forgive me uh, what, where I've screwed up before. I'm going to forgive others. And now it's like that's everything working. And now it's like, and don't let me get to a place where I'm not in your kingdom anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, it, this is this is why it's last essentially. Is because it's like all of that is the prayer. Don't let me slide out of what's been building this whole time. This this is really oh and and by the way, everything I've been praying for, keep me here. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Well, and and the and the prayer is coming to a conclusion. Yeah. And so, it's almost like a it's almost like 
how do I want to say this? We're, we're, we're realizing that the conversations happen to, it will never come to an end. But for this moment, we are going to have to go back out and we're going to have to leave the throne of God for a little bit and go and do whatever we have to do. And so it's almost like, God, we've made so much progress. Don't let me lose it when I go back. When I am no longer kneeling before the throne of God, don't let me lose this. Yeah. Let me take this yes. with me. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's like, it's the bookend. It's the, it's, well, it's not last in the prayer, but it's, it's basically the last piece of please let this be. It, it's the, it's the petition before God. Right. Because then we're getting on to, for yours is the kingdom and the might and the honor uh, and the King James says, uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We're essentially wrapping it up by going back to praise and worship uh, and acknowledgement of who he is. Yes. We're, we're taking what we started with and we're saying, and we want to finish that too. You're the alpha and the omega. You're on both ends. Praise you, magnificent God, to begin with. Praise you, magnificent God, to end with. And, and we're wrapping it up that way forever and forever and ever. Amen. Uh, may what we've just prayed never cease. Yes. May it be eternal. May it be forever. Amen. So be it. Yes. Um, when, what do you, anything you want to add to that? Well, um, just that this will all, eventually, this will be the conclusion of our linear existence and, and all of this too. Yeah. And when it, when, when that happens, uh, I've talked about it in one of my revelation studies. It still blows my mind when I think about it. Um, we are going to celebrate the mighty deed forever and, and ever. ever. You know, that. And, and, I was just re-listening to that just like literally like yesterday. Yeah. So we're going to celebrate the mighty deed forever and ever. And, I don't, I, at that time, I still and I still don't under, fully understand, but ever is yeah. an eternity. It, it's you know, yeah. so it's basically saying from one from yeah. one eternity to another eternity, we're going to be celebrating this. And you just uh, and you just said it too at the end of this linear existence, and I hadn't caught that before, but um, yeah, it, when this prayer ends, as far as the prophecy goes. As far as Jesus coming back, establishing his kingdom on earth, all of this happening, he takes care of us completely, and every all is forgiven, um, eternity begins. Yeah. Essentially, our linear existence ends, and we enter into eternity. Right. So, yeah, that's um, I hadn't thought of it that way, even. But it just blows my mind that, that that was right there staring me in the face, and I didn't see it. And And, you know... That is the kingdom and the power and the glory. To me, that is talking about the mighty deed as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the mighty deed that we're going to celebrate forever, forever ever, and ever. ever. Yeah, and it's called the eternal gospel for a reason. It will be proclaimed forever and ever. And we think, you know, I, I used to be guilty of this too. I used to think, won't we get bored celebrating <laughs> or not celebrating, yeah. worshiping God right. every day? You know. No, and and I think we lose the passion and the emotion and, and, and everything that goes into this. We are celebrating the mighty deed forever and ever. It's going to be a glorious party that our mind just can't comprehend uh -huh. right now. Because we have nothing nothing like it here to actually really 
compare it to to really to 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 have an actual human experience right now to completely understand. We can have a taste, and that mm-hmm. can lead our wild imaginations, but it's still going to be better than what our imaginations can come up with. Yes, and and so no, and then that brings us back to also let your kingdom come because yes. now the anticipation's here again, and it's, yeah, and, and you know, and let, it's cyclical. Yes. Once you hit the end, st- start the prayer over from an even greater point of faith and, mm-hmm. and desire and hope and and you get to the end, you come back to it the next day with even stronger and more mm-hmm. desire. Yeah. So oh my goodness. And I'm am I seriously looking at the time? Yep. This oh, is gonna be a good long one. <laughs> holy oh my goodness. I you know when when this is amazing. This is um I think God put this in my heart for a reason, and this is what's been pouring out. Uh, uh, but uh, again, I thought I seriously thought this was going to be so short. Yeah. And and we, I thought we were going to have trouble even calling it its own piece, and we might have to add something else to it because I thought it's going to be tiny. And look how long we've gone. Well, thank you, thank you, Yahweh God, thank you, Hallelujah. Yeshua. For for your for your guidance yes. for 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 your template for for your prayer for for your wisdom and 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 the opening and the revealing of this in our hearts. Oh, thank thank you, you, Yahweh God. We just praise you and magnify you, and we do say, "Your kingdom come." We do say, "Quick, come quickly, Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus." Yes, not just on this planet, but in here. Come quickly. Let your will reign supreme in, in our hearts, in, 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 in this planet. Hallelujah. We do thank you and we praise you. And we say, give us yourself fresh and new every single day. Continually let the prayer be unceasing. God, forgive us the, the, the sins, the debts, the garbage, the folly, whatever it is that takes us away from you, forgive us, and we will continue to forgive those who have transgressed against us, who hold a debt to us in some way. We forgive those debts. We release them. They're not worth mentioning. Hallelujah. 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 And we just praise you, and we thank you for everything. And hallelujah. God, I just... I thank you so much. And I'm going to keep this line going. God, just let us not, let us not even come into the temptation. Let us not be drawn to the things that pull us away from you. Uh, God, just let put your barrier around us. Yes. Don't even let us go there. Yes. And if we find out we do, go there. If we find out we did go in and we're in the middle of something we shouldn't be, God, pull us out quickly. Pull us out quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we just praise you. We praise you. We magnify you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Your name, Yahweh, is greatly to be praised forever and forever and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. So be it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good place to wrap it up. Okay. And as always, this is Scott. And this is Brad. And this has been Not About Us.